you know, I appreciate what Marty said as well about his son. You know, what a, what a moment. And uh, it was great. And Michael didn't want to get baptized with that. I'm like, well, that's, I, if I was your dad, I would feel a little weird about that. Um, so there was no temptation to me taking away and baptizing myself. I was like, no, Marty's got to be there. Because I think that Marty and Kathy, their life, and it's a great story for all of our children. Uh, never to give up, never to lose hope. All those little things that we do, uh, they notice. And that's, a, and that's a big part of my message today. As we're doing a series on being a follower of Jesus and what does the word Christian mean? We know that Jesus never called His followers Christians. We know that. He gave them a different label. He gave them a better label. He gave them a terrifying label. And that was the word disciple, follower, apprentice, protege, learner. That's what He gave them. And... If we had stuck with this label from the first century, things would be so different today. But it didn't stick. His first century followers stuck with it for the first 300 years, and then things changed. And do you ever wonder why our culture is going backwards? Because we settled for Christian. We didn't settle for disciple. So our culture suffers. But our culture actually has some hope. You know, in our culture, we we argue whether you can pray in school, whether one nation or the God. These Christians get really fired up about that. Pledge of Allegiance, one of the Ten Commandments in the courthouses. Our culture is settled for Christian instead of disciple. Our culture was settled for judging the outside and not judging the inside. Remember that last week? Insiders and outsiders. So if you're not a Christian, when I'm about to share, you get a pass. Don't worry about it. It's good information about that. But if you are a disciple, if you are a follower, I want you to pay attention. This is good stuff. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, the title of my lesson today is Showing Up. Showing up as a disciple. This is where it kind of all starts. The original idea where a follower of Jesus began. And this is the Sermon on the Mount. His teaching. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, For they will inherit the earth. The meek means gentle, humble, considerate. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who persecute you because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. One of the fascinating things about the first century Christians is they were persecuted because they were so loving and so different. They weren't persecuted because they were judgmental of the Roman world. 
the Roman world was threatened by their love and how people were attracted to how loving they were. And when the Roman authorities took their belongings, they were happy, they weren't sad. Because they knew of a kingdom of heaven that would one day be theirs. So when you think about the persecution, it's because they were so loving. They were so different. It wasn't because they were being judgmental and you're doing this and you're doing that. That's not the persecution we want. And that's the persecution they didn't receive. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So you're wondering, let me get this straight, Gio. We're supposed to be poor, sad, meek, righteous, merciful, pure, peaceful, persecuted, insulted people waiting waiting for some kind of reward in heaven? Gio, I'd rather be a Christian. Because that's what our nation wants. I'd rather just be a Christian out of the side. Because that's really hard. That's different. I'd rather be a Christian. So what what are you saying, Jesus? And then Jesus dives in on this topic. You are the salt of the earth. Some of you are thinking, I thought we were supposed to be Christians. Salt was used as a preservative. A substance added to food to prevent decomposition due to chemical change or bacterial action. They didn't have a refrigerator. Without salt, your food would spoil. Without salt, you couldn't survive. You needed salt. Why is that important? Why is Jesus saying, you are the salt of the earth? Why would He say that? He's saying that you are the preservative. You, the disciple, are the preservative of the earth. Society preservers. The ingredient that keeps the whole world from rotting faster than what it is. That's who you are supposed to be. The salt of the earth. And our world is rotting pretty fast, is it not? A society back then, an ancient society, where might made it right. Where the rich ruled over the poor. Where right and wrong was determined by who was in power. I'm talking about that back then, not now. Doesn't this sound familiar? It was a world where a king would slaughter children to protect his throne. In Roman times, this was not normal. In our time, this is not normal. That's why we're so important. That's why Jesus says, you are the salt. To believe in one God when Roman, the whole Roman culture believed in a myriad of gods. Where the teaching of Jesus says, all men and women are created in the image of God and have value. That wasn't in the Roman world. Where women are not inferior to men. These are all the teachings of Jesus. Where dignity goes beyond one's political power. 
where the strong defend the weak, where the rich are to be generous to the poor, where forgiveness, not revenge, must govern our relationships, where the marriage covenant is sacred, and where all will give an account for the way they live their lives on earth. These are the teachings of Jesus. Now imagine a world void of any of that. And we think it's common sense. We think it's common decency. But it's not. People still bear children and take their children to a field and let them die when they're born. That still happens today. Where people get their heads cut off for believing a different religion. And women are taken as sex slaves. This is happening today. It's happening now. You are the salt of the earth. Your presence makes a difference. Salt makes a difference. You ever have food without salt? It's nasty. You ever have rice without salt? Man, that's so- that, that, whatever you're cooking that chicken better be saucy because that's going to cover the rice for not lack of salt. Right? I grew up in a home where we had rice every single day. And my mother was wise to put salt on it. Because there was no salt, it wasn't going in my tummy. Because salt made all the difference. It makes all the difference. There's, there's something else that Jesus wants to tell us. Not just besides being a salt. We love that. But he also says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give its light to everyone in the house. Right? Here's an old lamp. Gio, can I just be a Christian and go to heaven when I die? Do I have to be a light? You know, a town built on a hillside cannot be hidden. It was placed there. You know, when you have light, it's placed strategically. In my home, I don't have all the lights in my closet. I, mean, I have a little light in there, but that's not where all the light goes. You know, over there. Oh, there's a light, and the rest of the house is dark. No, lights are strategically placed. These lights are strategically placed so you can see us and see things. That's what light does. What's the implication? You are strategically placed where you are, where you live, the block you're on, the neighborhood you're in, the school you're in, the football team you're on, the soccer team you coach. You have been strategically placed to be a light to the world. That's what he's saying. When you put lights somewhere, it's strategic. Streetlights go on the road. A city on the hill is strategic. You can defend a city on a hill. It's hard to invade that city when it's on a hill. No one wants to rush upward because they'll just shoot you downward. It's strategic. People don't put their lamp under a bowl. 
there would be no significance if you did that. That would defeat the purpose. Instead, they put it on a stand. Again, it's strategic. It gives light to everyone in the house. Everyone in the vicinity vicinity is affected by a well-placed light. And then he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine before others. What I find interesting is that Jesus always says to pray in private, but let your life shine. So that they will see your good deeds. Unusually good deeds. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe my neighbor took out my trash cans when I forgot. I can't believe all the extra garbage I was putting out, my neighbor grabbed it and put it in his trash can instead of just hoping the trash man would pick it up. Nobody's that generous. This is what I'm, this is what he's talking about. Not the ooh, he'll never know. Oh, he, she can't find out. Ooh, everyone takes a little off the top. Oh, that's the way the industry runs, Gio. You gotta understand that. You can copy my test here. Don't beat me up. And glorify your Father in heaven. Connecting the dots for people. Let your line shine in such a way. What is Jesus telling us? Don't settle for Christian. Be salt. Be light. You are the salt of the earth. A preservative in a world that would rot without you. You are a light strategically placed to draw attention to your Father in Heaven. No, Gio, no, no. I was transferred here. My job sent me here. No. No, no, my parents made me go to this school. It's, it's the district. I didn't pick to be on that. These kids didn't pick to be on my soccer team. ASO just does a random selection. I have no influence. I followed someone here and they dumped me. That's why I'm stuck in Ventura County. I can't get out. No. You've been strategically placed by God. He puts you here. He puts you in that neighborhood to shine a little light. Now, if you're a Jesus follower, it's because somebody was either salt or light to you. If you're a follower of Jesus, someone was light, someone was salt. Think about that the person who seemingly just dropped into your life from nowhere. Just think about that for a second. Don't you feel that that person was strategically placed? Placed on a hill? Preserved you? You know, Karen and I go to campus in Moore Park. We go there to share our faith. With 18 and 20 year old kids. They're awesome kids. I mean, they're arrogant, but they're awesome. 
And we go there. And one, one day, a few months, several months ago, I don't know how many months ago, honey. Long, long time ago. How many? How, how long ago? February. February. We went there and we were late for Bible talk. Bible talk. We were late. We had like five minutes just to go sharing, invite people really fast to come to our Bible discussion. Because it was going to start in five minutes. We got there late. We're terrible Christians. <laughs> so we get there. And right away, I was like, oh, i got to get there because we got to share with somebody and bring them to Bible talk, Bible discussion time. And it's in a cafeteria. People are sitting down, having their own conversations, have their iPods on, studying. I mean, it's rude to interrupt them. But then again, I'm the salt. I'm the light. So I kindly interrupt them. Respectfully interrupt what they're doing. Because if you don't, who then will be saved, right? right. Hey, when kids wear the iPods and think that means don't bother me. I'm going to ask you something. (laughs) So I'm just I'm just going table to table. Hey, want to come Bible discussion? Want to come? Want to come? Want to come? And I'm waiting for like, yeah, I get no, no, no. I'm busy. No, get out of here. Are you forty? No, I'm not forty. Forty-two. Ho, ho, ho. And I'm sharing away. And this young lady is getting up from her table. I said, hey, would you want to come to a Bible discussion? She grabs the invitation. He goes, and gives it right back to me. I was like, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> right behind me, Karen invites her. And, I, and then I, I go to Bible talk and I see Karen bringing her and her stuff. Wow. Gra- grabbed her stuff. Karen's salty like that. She just grabbed her stuff and she, and then I guess she was following Karen. Hey, that's my stuff. <laughs> got her stuff and just, you know, Karen wasn't t- taking no for an answer. She's got her stuff and she's like, come on, it's going to be really fast. And so she came to Bible talk. She's been coming around. Her name is Ashley. She's sitting right there. Yeah. Ashley was getting baptized next Friday. And I think about like, what am I doing on campus? Isn't this the college kid's job, not mine? I relate to married people. I'm great with married people. Family kids, come on. I love them. College kids, 18-year-olds, I'm like, I get like more, whoa, I'm a little out of, I'm not cool no more. Whoa, I don't like this. Out of my comfort zone. Think about the teacher. And we got a few of them. And the people who's drop into your husband or wife's world who influences them. They're just being salt. They're just being light. They were men and women who were so bright you couldn't help but notice them. They lit up the office. They light up the neighborhood. They light up the team. They light up the classroom. You knew there, 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 there was more to them than just the nice guy. That sweet girl. That good neighbor. They were salty. They challenged you, but they weren't judgmental. They did the right things. But you, how can I be salty? I'm a follower of Jesus. I want to be salty. Here's a couple ways you can be salty. Number one, understand your salt. Okay? That's number one. Understand your light. Okay? That's one and one sub A point. Your light and your salt. Two, engage people spiritually. 
You can be a good example, but saltiness is what you, it requires a little interaction. I can't be salty if I don't interact with my neighbor. I can do a good deed, and he'll see that, but I can be salty in my interaction. Hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? That's salty. It's non-judgmental. Hey, you know, we're having this amazing harvest festival. I don't know if you'd be interested, but I just wanted to invite you. That's salty and not judgmental. Here's, here's, here's what's... You ever have too much salt in your food? I notice that you go to church, neighbor, but I don't see you living a life. So I'm here to help you understand the gospel of Jesus a little bit. That's a little too much salt. Right? That's too salty. Right? Or you can be too salty by, hey, can I have your number? And then call them every single day. Whoa, that's too salty. Whoa, 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 whoa. But salty is an invitation to something. You're inviting them to something. That's what salty people do. They invite you to a house church, invite you to a party where you know the followers are going to be. That's salty. That's a light. And some of us are on the verge of terrible decisions. We were. And someone who, who's around you was just salty enough that they preserved you. What about the person that met you? They were a little salty. There was light there. And they preserved you. Preserved your life. 21 years ago, Ernie was salty. He was pushy but yet kind. He was persistent but not belligerent. He was inviting. And I said, I gotta give this church a try. Because this guy is kind and he's different. So, students, campus ministry, you are the salt of your college. Singles, you're the salt of the industry. Nobody cares about me, nobody pays attention. I'm just one person. No, salt always preserves. Light is always seen. That is not true. To the marrieds, you are the salt and the light of your company. You are the salt of the real estate industry. You are the salt of Amgen. You are the salt of the Navy base. You are the salt of Starbucks. You are the salt of the engineering industry. You are the salt of project management industry. You're the salt in your doctor's office. You're the salt of your kid's soccer team or football team. But most importantly, parents, you are the salt of your home. You see, Marty and Kathy were salty. They'll tell you they weren't perfect, but they sure were salty. Well, how do you know? Because Michael knew that they were salty at home. There was efforts and made and examples and made that Michael was like, I remember that. He and Michael didn't say it in those words, but when Michael's describing, he's like, my parents were salty. And they were light. I chose this way, but I came back to this. Because I remember that. That just goes to show you that this is really important for parents to be salty at home. No, don't oversalt your kids. Right? Remember that? Salty too much? Okay, too much? Give them a choice in the matter? 
your light and saltiness enough will inspire them to make their own decision. And let it be. So what am I saying? Don't settle for Christian. Be salt. Be light. Don't settle for Christian. Preserve. Shine. Don't settle for Christian. Because Jesus said, you are the salt of the world. You are the light of your world. That's better than Christian. That'll change the world. So let's be salty. Let's be light. And let's bring a friend next week to our series. And shake a little salt on our relationship.